0: I'm Robert Coleman and this is the River Daughter Soundwalk. In each of these three episodes I'll bring you along a different stretch of the River Daughter as it meanders from its source and through South Dublin. This includes specially made soundscape compositions, blending music and field recordings, which I've done all along the river. This week we'll be following the daughter from the Wicklow Mountains as far as the Balrothary Weir in Furhouse. The river daughter begins as a trickle. It starts high in the Wicklow Mountains near Kipir. This is the river's source. The drops and trickles gather and flow together and become a river. It moves downstream towards Dublin, where it is joined and fed by other rivers and streams. It is this flowing water which has nurtured and continues to nurture so much animal and plant life in this area. It has influenced human habitation and industry for many centuries too. And where humans are, there are stories. The River daughter is the source of many tales. When we think of a river, we think of water. We think of it flowing, rushing, and roaring. We think of it as wet and cold. We think of the mountains it flows down, or the banks it flows by, or the fish that swim in it. We might think of the possibilities from its harnessing. This sound will, more than anything, asks you to listen. To the stories you'll hear about the river, but also to the sounds of its wildlife and its waters, which have been specially recorded along its path. It might feel strange to listen to a river for half a minute or more, but maybe this is only because we don't listen enough. If you listen closely, by the end of the sound walk, we hope you'll have a new appreciation for this wonderful river and everything in its environment. Listen, because there are sounds we have never heard. Listen, because those sounds are never the same again. Listen, because when we do, we end up elsewhere, somewhere beneath the surface. The sound you're listening to is when that trickle is still a small river. This is way upstream, the river running in the Glenasmole Valley near its source. From its source near Kippur, the daughter flows quickly into the Glenismo Valley, an area of great natural beauty. The trees here are larch, Scots pine, Corsican pine, Douglas fir, hazel, birch, ash, and sycamore, and plenty of birds, gulls, kingfishers, dippers, grey wagtails, herons, and moorhounds. The main fish species in the lake is trout. There are stories here. It is said that Fionn McCool, the famous warrior of Irish folklore, spent time in the valley with his dogs Bran and Scólan. Here, they hunted red deer and the now extinct great Irish elk. After a day's hunting, Fionn feasted at the nearby mountain of Seafin, the site of a megalithic passage tomb. Its name pays tribute to Fionn, deriving from the Irish Sea Fiun. Meaning the seat of Fionn. It wasn't all hunting and feasting. It is here that the life of Fionn's son Ushin came to a tragic end after he returned from the Celtic otherworld of Tirnanog. Ushin had been granted eternal youth in Tirnanog on one condition that he did not set foot on any lands outside of it. If he did, he would lose his eternal youth and return to his true age. Once, while riding through Glenismole on his horse, he came upon a group of men struggling to mine a rock from the ground. Horsheen decided to help, but as he pitched in with the work, from atop his horse the saddle broke and he fell to the ground. His eternal youth was gone and he became a withered old man in an instant. Today the valley is the site of the huge Bohornabrina Reservoirs. They provide water to many households in South Dublin and are a popular spot for walkers. The area offers many routes for exploration with incredible views of the surrounding valley and mountains. The reservoirs are an example of our many industrial incursions on this river. These efforts have completely changed the character of the daughter and not the the better. Now we've just crossed over the Dodder Greenway Bridge, a red metal footbridge in the Dodder Valley Park at Old Bourne. We're going to continue along this path by the river towards Furhouse and the Weir. To find the first traces of industry on the Dodder, we have to go back to the 13th century. In around 1244, a water supply system was built at Balrothery Weir in Furhouse. It was called the City Watercourse. The weir fed the river Poddle, which provided drinking water to the Norman city of Dublin. Over the following centuries, industrial activities on the river Dodder only increased. Not only was it harnessed for drinking water, but water mills were built. Milling became a major industry here, as with elsewhere in the country. The growth of industry led to significant changes to the daughter's character and course. The introduction of reservoirs created a more consistent flow. The sudden floods, which were a common occurrence on the river, were mostly averted. Mills could operate without the threat of property loss or damage. We now take a journey beneath the surface of the water. Have you ever wondered what that might sound like? Using a hydrophone, a type of underwater microphone, we can hear what is usually unknown to us. Tiny invertebrates inhabit the bottom of the river. They are quiet. You're hearing them now. Make sure you listen intently. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mine's water Act was introduced. It was a piece of legislation passed to protect the milling industry on the Dodder. It stated that 13.5 million gallons of Dodder water should be available for the mills on its banks. Any flow in excess of this would be diverted back into the river's reservoirs to attain for periods of low flow. The act allotted the mill owners a minimum of 2.45 million gallons of water six days a week. The allocation was controlled by the miller's gauge. It was a caretaker's job to cut off the gauge every Saturday at midday, and then open it up again at 6 p.m. Sunday. This restricted the flow, which let water reserves collect in the reservoir. Like the mill workers, the river was given a day off at the end of the week. By 1844, there were 28 mills on the Dodder itself and 22 on the Owen Doher, the tributary of the river which joins before Rathfarnham Bridge. It is said that when all mills were in operation, the river barely flowed between Firhouse and Rathfarnham. But the development of this industry came at a high price to the river's natural environment. We mentioned the Owen Doher just now. It's a tributary of the river Dodder. You see, we can't think of the Dodder as being just one river. It's more complicated than that. Because the Dodder waters are in fact the waters of many watercourses. A little downstream, just before the Balrothri Weir, the Dodder is fed by its first significant tributary, the Whitestone Stream. Later it is joined by other tributaries as it makes its way to Dublin Bay. They are the Little Dargle, the Swan or Dundrum River, and many more. The Owen Doher joins the Dodder at Bushy Park, near Butterfield, southwest of Ratfarnham Bridge. The Little Dargle rises above Ticknock in the Dublin Mountains. It joins the Dodder 400 metres upstream of Orel Bridge in Rathfarnham. Although not a tributary, the puddle was historically linked to the Dodder by the weir at Balrotri and is perhaps the most significant of these related watercourses. Since 1244, when the weir was built, a three kilometre stretch of water left the Dodder to join the Tyman River. Here it became the river puddle to flow on to the city of Dublin. For over 500 years, the Puddle was the main source of drinking water in Dublin city. This lasted until 1775, when the Grand Canal was built. The plants and animals of the Dodder are a resilient bunch. Despite the industry on this river, it remains home to an array of incredible plant and animal life. In his book, down the Dodder, biologist Christopher Mariarty notes 179 different species of flowering plants between Old bon and Furhouse. As for wildlife, walkers may see the dipper, a small and short-tailed bird who makes its habitat around the river. It is recognized by a bib of white plumage around its throat and breast, set against the black feathers of its body. It has also a distinctive habit, of bobbing its tail. See if you can spot it. We've now arrived at the Balrathwy Weir which we mentioned earlier. Let's take a moment to listen deeply to its sound, for as we listen deeply we can start to notice the detail from its initial roar all the way down to the minute trickles which make it up.